Hello everyone, welcome back to Starting From The Piz. I just wanted to start this episode off by giving Helena a bit of an introduction. So Helena runs and is the founder of a online community called Females In Motorsport, which is basically being created to empower women into becoming more involved in motorsport and helping them realise that there is a place for them in motorsport. I think everything she does is absolutely incredible and with almost 100,000 followers on Instagram alone, I feel like whatever she is doing in the motorsport industry, she is making a difference and the initiatives and incentives that they are putting out to help more women get more involved in motorsport is just absolutely incredible. So this conversation is a real insight into the reason why she's doing it, her passion behind trying to get more females involved in motorsport and what she is doing to try and help conquer that is just amazing what a woman she is I hope you enjoy this thank you so much for joining me on here I I'm gobsmacked that you're even here so thank you for saying yes um let's start this episode at the very beginning of your journey in motorsport what is one of your first memories that's such a good question I think one of my first memories um was going in to my parents' room at a weekend, um, very early in the morning. And I remember m- my dad and mum were watching um, the Australian Grand Prix in bed. Um, and I used to like sit on the end of the bed and, and have a look. Um, and I used to try and like memorize the the names of, of the drivers. I think drivers that's such a cool memory for all racing fans. Like the day I remembered everybody on the grid, I was like, I'm a fan, that's it, I know everyone. <laughs> I used to be like, oh, what does, you know, um, B-O-T stand for? I mean, just an example, but I used to try and be like, oh, okay, uh, that's Heike Kovalainen. Oh, um, that's Kimi Raikkonen. I used to get my dad to test me. Um, But yeah, I used to pay more attention to that than what was actually (laughs) happening on track. Um, But then, yeah, there must have become a point where it kind of clicked and uh, became the opposite. So what was it about racing that enticed you? Um, I thought it was pretty cool, right? I hadn't seen people going this fast before. Um, and just the noise of it back in the, the V10 era, era you know, they're, they're just from phenomenal sound. Um, and nothing quite compared to that on TV. Um, and it was weirdly addictive. Like you'd watch it and then you think, oh, I've got like two weeks now, the next <laughs> one, um, or three weeks even um so yeah I think just as soon as I became old enough about the age of 13 14 to really grasp that these people were athletes mm-hmm. what they're doing is pretty phenomenal you know the loads that they pull the g-forces um the strength they have to have and the fact that it's not just them you know there are thousands of people uh, at some teams um working on every component of the car from the washers and the bolts to the marketing team and and everything you know it's it's a a real team effort so yeah I think that's what that's what drew me to motorsport yeah so at what point for you did you think did you end up realizing that women weren't represented enough in this sport yeah I I remember watching the the post-race interviews with the drivers or after the different quality session uh, after the different sessions and um specifically enough one this is um, in the media pen, that was the only time that you would see quite a few women. Um, and they would be the ones with the dictaphone, with the drivers. Um, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, I know you don't see much female representation in the sport. 
this is probably 2013, 2014. Um, of course, there, there are women about, they're just not yeah. in front of the camera unless it's maybe a presenting role um, or you do see them with the drivers and, and the marketing roles. So yeah, that's when it kind of dawned on me that, oh, hang on a minute, there aren't actually that many women in the teams. Um, but this is maybe a role that I myself as a woman can do, which is a bit backwards thinking, thinking that, you know, I can only do it if another woman is doing it. Um, that's obviously not the case, but, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what it dawned on me. Yeah. So from there then, how do females in motorsport come about? Yeah, females in motorsport came about, so I set up my own blog when I was about 16 um, and I knew that uh, I wanted to write. Um, and I also applied and auditioned and, and successfully got into the Autosport Academy, um, mm. which in the UK we had a team of aspiring writers who would be tutored by um, Autosport um, with different different classes and things. So I was doing that um, whilst I was at sixth form. I was one of the youngest members of the academy and it felt quite scary going to London, you know, in person the tests. Um, but that got helped me getting to university. And it was whilst I was at university, had a bit more time, I was beginning to freelance in the industry. Um, and I thought, well, I need to do something that I'm passionate about. Um, and I love writing. You know, you're always told to find your niche. And that niche just so happened to be, okay, well, if I set up this project, maybe I can write a couple of inspiring profiles about people that they otherwise wouldn't have heard of or they wouldn't have had the spotlight shone on them. So that was the goal of it. And of course I was getting more writing experience as well. So it was twofold. Um, I never in my wildest dreams thought that five and a bit years later, I'd be sat talking to you know, to you on a podcast and, and talking about the, the journey that we've been on. So yeah, it's definitely been um, crazy and I definitely didn't have any ambitions to begin with. It was just wanting to highlight those underrepresented people uh, in the sport. Yeah, I mean, what you're doing is amazing. I mean, we always see the reels and it's so inspiring, especially like even on TikTok, it's so inspiring seeing all of that. So social media obviously has played a big part in the growth of it. How did you grow it and what kind of advice would you give to other people trying to do a similar thing? Without giving away all you your might like me for this, but no, it, it was the group kind of came about accidentally, right? Um, when we started, um, our main platform was Twitter. And okay. that was the one um, where we had the most presence and the Instagram account was actually set up later. Um, and then much later than that, uh, Facebook and then LinkedIn. And then obviously we've, we've got threads now, we've got TikTok um, and Discord, but those platforms have come about later. Um, Twitter was, was the core one. Um, and now Instagram is like a three times our, our Twitter following. So um, like, as you mentioned, the videos and the reels and those assets have really helped us to grow. Um, what we try and do is, is strike the right balance between being a fan. Mm -hmm. um, hate the word hyping, but I guess we do hype women yeah. up, um, their achievements, celebrate achievements because that's super important. Um, we're authentic. We stay true to our word. Um, and like I mentioned, we, we ultimately showcase people that wouldn't otherwise be showcased. Um, people love hearing about people from different walks of life, different backgrounds, um, you know, different career paths, people that have accidentally ended up in motorsport and now they're loving it. Um, yeah, our audience has grown 
I would say video content has really helped um, because it's even more visual um, and because the demographic of our platforms, we are predominantly in the 18 to 35 bracket um, and most of those people consume their media via video. And so, yeah, things like Reels and TikTok has been great in helping that growth. And also the engagement that we have is phenomenal. Um, We're sitting above, you know, sort of industry average of, of what engagement should be. Um, so that's great and it shows that what we're doing is interesting which is great because we don't want to produce something and you know it doesn't get any interactions or or any engagement so yeah audience growth has been a bit of a wild one Um, the stats this year we've we've doubled it we've grown um, twice this year basically doubled in size Um, we're now sitting at about 225,000 followers across our different platforms I know it's crazy right um and super close to hitting that 100k on instagram <laughs> it's um, gonna happen yeah yeah it's imminent and we have a big giveaway planned right we've been working with lots of um female brand owners um especially in the motorsport space mm-hmm. to put together a really lovely lovely giveaway package so as soon as we hit that we'll be launching that so obviously you started this on your own there's now a team of volunteers behind you how did you first go about getting a team involved so to begin with it happened accidentally um just strike up you know people messaging on on twitter being like oh i'd I'd really love to 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 help out and i was going to say no because um the more help the the merrier and um that's how it came about, just through those conversations on social media network, uh, networks. Um, one of the girls who's actually done quite a few events for us now, um, she does a lot of photography and journalism in the Formula E space, as well as her day job. She's she's amazing. She's now become one of my best friends. But it happened because I met her on the red carpet at the Autosport Awards a couple of okay. years ago. And we just started talking. And now, um, you know, we, we've done um, the 24 Hours of Spa together with Pirelli. Um, she's been to Jaguar, she's been to Monaco, she's been to Japan for Formula E. It's been amazing. Um, but these conversations just often happen by chance. Um, it's only in sort of the past year that we've actively put out that we're looking for people yeah. um, because it's a great way to, to give everybody a fair opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, on a daily basis, we have multiple messages and emails. Um, which is crazy, um, asking if people can help out or they, you know, they want to be a part, can they join the team? Um, so we do get an, just an overwhelming amount of responses to things. Um, and it, it is mental that I think the last application process, we had over 1,300 replies in oh, less wow. than 24 hours. I know, like, it's just mind-blowing um, and staggering, but it's it just shows how many uh, women are wanting to work in the motorsport space that yeah. was just for our little volunteer position um so yeah I realized I've tangented um <laughs> which I'm really bad at doing um so so yeah but that's the that's how we've grown and now we have a team of 12 um of us including myself we're all volunteers where some of us are at university some of us doing a master's degree um some of us are working full-time um some of us in motorsport, some people um, in PR, uh, media and comms. Um, so yeah, we have a, a wide range of, of ages, people from around the world. We've got two girls in America, one in Ireland, My one God. in France. 
uh, one in Hungary, um, one in Switzerland. I, you know, it just the list goes on. But we yeah. are, we are such um, a, a tight knit team now, yeah. and that's super yeah. important. You know, it, we don't just talk about the work and what we're doing. We actually we found out recently that four of us have rabbits in the chat, which is quite unusual. Like most people have it's cats and dogs. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, so now we've been sending lots of rabbit pictures and videos. So that is our chat at the moment. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, of course, a part of females in motorsport is highlighting these women that are a part of motorsport. Yeah. Who was your first guest, guest that you had and you were like, oh, damn, they're, they're a big deal? So the, the first ever the feature I wrote for it was actually on Sophie Ogg, who is now head of comms at McLaren Racing. Okay. Um, and I remember being blown away to begin with that she even said yes, because um, at the time she was at Williams and she was in the same position at Williams. And I thought, oh my God, this person is really senior. And yeah, they've agreed to talk to us. And we've got like 20 followers and maybe <laughs> hundred breeds on our blog. Um, but she took the time. She took the time to inspire the next generation and to, to tell me about her career path today um, and some advice um, for people wanting to go into the industry. So yeah, I was blown away by that. And then I think about 18 months later, I was at the Williams factory interviewing Claire Williams um, in, a, in a meeting room. Yeah, got invited down um, and just Claire and I had a cup of tea and a chat for about an hour and a half. And a dream. It, it was, yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, I was so nervous beforehand and I hadn't long passed my driving test and I had to drive from North Essex over to, to Oxfordshire um, and back again in one day and I was I think I was just wired I didn't sleep nervous and yeah when I after the interview I'd also seen Frank uh, Williams as well and that was just oh. incredible and um, had a tour of the the factory and the facility the museum which was just a must for any motorsport fan if you have the opportunity um and yeah I came out of the car park and actually forgot what side of the road to drive on um, <laughs> just so much adrenaline I was fair like, it's fair enough yeah. help what side do I drive on um so yeah it was such a surreal day yeah and uh, you say you've been in you've been doing sort of females in motorsport for the past five years or so with the little blog yeah. and everything how would you say the female participation and sort of awareness of females in motorsport has progressed over that time? Would you say you've noticed a big difference, especially since like Drive to Survive and things like that? Or yeah, that's yeah, drive, yeah, Drive to Survive has really been a catalyst for more female participation um, in the sport, whether that's as a fan um, or wanting to work in it, or hopefully now, as we'll see with. Um, the different programs that F1 Academy are doing, more than equal set to launch next year, um, the ASN, so Motorsport UK or your country equivalent. Um, hopefully we'll see more women coming through the karting ranks, which would be fantastic. Um, and um, sort of uh, GT racing, etc. Um, we look at our own demographics. We used to be very much a 60% male proportion when we started okay. out. Um, but now that has changed and now that has come down to about 40% male. So we are now a predominantly female audience. It's still not as high as what you would think, considering we are literally yeah. females in motorsport. Um, but for any other brand in motorsport that I've worked on through my day job, that is um, the highest number that I have come across. Right. Yeah. That's so, 
Yeah, and Drive to Survive has, has been incredible in introducing so many people to the sport. In fact, I would say at least half the applications that we receive, people state that they they don't have to, but they state that they have become a fan of Formula One because of Drive to Survive. Um, our sport has a lot to thank the series for. You know, it's given unprecedented insight into how the championship operates, how drivers operate and teams um, function. And it has brought in a new wave of fans that are truly global. Um, it's not just European uh, fans that have expanded. It's America. We now have three Formula One races in America. So, yeah, our audience has changed um, and Formula One audience has, of course, changed as well. Yeah, definitely. So out of all of the women that you've done your research on and features on, who have you found the most inspiring? Uh, I think I've always been inspired by Susie Ball. I yeah. know that is quite an obvious answer, um, but I joined Dare to be Different when it was launched in 2016. Um, and this was before I started Females in Motorsport. This was when I, I just had my own blog and I remember going to the NEC in Birmingham, um, mm. the Autosport International Show, and that's where it was launched. Um, and I just remember being in awe of this woman. You know, She's the first woman to participate in a, an F1 Grand Prix weekend in over 20 years. Um, she made history when she, when she drove that FP1 session for Williams. Um, and didn't just do it once okay you know luck wasn't on her side with with mechanical issues but from from that moment on she really had dared to be different she mm -hmm. was the new making a new wave in motorsport for women um and she continues to do that now with her work in f1 academy let's not forget you know she's been at the helm um of a formula e team as well um, and now she's taken all of her extensive knowledge of racing, um, being behind the wheel and managing a team, and now bringing that to hopefully get female talent further up the ladder, yeah. um, single-seater ladder. And um, yeah, she is truly phenomenal. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, seeing, <laughs> especially seeing her, like, she's had a lot of praise this season with F1 Academy being released a bit more into the limelight as well, especially being on TV. Yeah. We've had Hannah having a lot of praise, you know, being the Red Bull, part of Red Bull and everything like that. How do you think that this exposure that females are having is making a difference? Our motto is see it, be it, right? Mm. Um, and in order to be inspired, you have to have, have eyes on those people. Um, mm. I think that, you know, when a lot of people are our own motorsport, some of the people we speak to, they're like, you know, I don't want it. I don't want this feature to be about being a woman in motorsport. And we say, yeah, of course, we never do that. We never ask the question of what's it like being a woman in motorsport. Mm. It's always just trying to tailor people's, um, what they do for their day job, how they got about it, and more about their, their experience as opposed to pointing out their gender. Um, so I don't think a lot of people that go into the industry are perhaps, or people that have been in the industry before our blog started, before the, yeah. the movement started, um, I don't think they expected to be uh, role models in the way that yeah. they are or to have the media scrutin uh, scrutiny on them. Um, Hannah Schmitz, you know, before she went on the podium, um, very little was known about her. Mm. And now, to the extent you actually have people set up fan accounts about her, is that a little bit too far? Well, you know, if the intention is good, then you know, yeah. she is a, she's a public profile now. Um, but yeah, things have really escalated. Um, 
but it, it also goes the other way, right? There are trials and tribulations of, of being in that media spotlight. And I think we've just witnessed that, unfortunately, recently with Susie um, and the allegations um, that were made against her. So, yeah, it, it's twofold and it's quite a, a complex um, subject. Um, mm. But from a females and motorsport standpoint, we never want to make anything worse. We just want to make people's experiences better. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we can make the women that we've featured um, feel comfortable um, and hopefully we've, you know, we've done them justice. Yeah, it's all about that awareness, isn't it? Like you say, if you can see it, you can be it. And I think that's the most important thing about females in motorsport that you guys do. You showcase these jobs that people don't even realise exist um, and, you know, show them the opportunity that that is there for them. Yeah, that's our goal. Um we, we try and highlight as many different roles as possible from as many different championships as possible. Um, we do probably focus more on four wheels just because we have more knowledge there. However, yeah. we now have two, temp, two, ugh, get my words out, two members of the team that are dedicated to um, two wheel posts. So exploring um, the FIM and um, two wheel championships um, and just trying to you know, highlight pro and profile people in, in MotoGP and all the other two World Series. So hopefully we will um, make a bit more of a shift um, and hopefully our audience will also come in from, from those areas. Yeah, definitely. So we saw this season in F1, it was highlighted that there were no women on the podium whatsoever. Obviously, there are lots of improvements that still need to be made, but what is something that you've seen that has been a big improvement over this past season? Uh, I think the fact that the regulations have now changed and um, they always used to, in the sporting regulations, um, be P um, and they've now been changed. So you have Sophia Flush that's racing in Formula 3 and, you know, her regulations um, in the rules are, are saying he, obviously Sophia is not a man. Um, and that also would have been the case when Tatiana Coldrum was racing in uh, Formula 2 as well a couple of years ago. So. I think that's a big change. It's so simple, the fact that we've had masculine language in the rule book, even yeah. though motorsport is a mixed-gendered sport, it's absolutely ridiculous um, that it's taken until 2023 to change. Um, however, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a good thing. It's a step in the right direction. It's so long overdue. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that's probably a stand-up part because... As soon as the governing bodies recognise that you know they need yeah. to make a change, um, and a change is necessary, then maybe other things will start to happen as well. That's when, yeah, that's when you start to see the what, what did they call it? The snow is the snowball effect, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think another highlight is it's it's really sad that W Series um, folded this year, um, mm. but it has been great to see that, that women have been able to have a part-funded um, opportunity with F1 Academy. It's um, given them driving opportunities, but also dramatically increased their, their marketability and marketability. I don't know whether that's a word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they, they, you know, they're now partnering with, with brands and, and uh, teams and the F1 involvement, and they've got to race on an F1 stage as well, the Austin um, F1 race. So, yeah, F1 Academy has been great. And I think the proof point in where perhaps W Series struggled was to get women, was to get Jamie Chadwick, um, that Formula 2, that, that Formula 3, that Formula 2 seat. Yeah. Um, you know, she had to come back and do W Series another two times before she moved on. Um, whereas Marta Garcia 
yes, let's forget about the fact that she's already done W series, but she's come in, she's won F1 Academy, and now she's moving up to Freca. So she's yeah. already gone that extra step on the um, ladder through the, the all-female series. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be celebrated as well. Yeah, it's, it's sort of done its job in getting that recognition and, you know, spurring her on to the next level definitely yeah yeah um i think f1 academy will truly do its job when it doesn't need to exist anymore and that's because we have women competing at the highest levels of motorsport whether that be well formula one indycar um and um you know hypercar and things like that so that's when f1 academy has done its job truly um hopefully in 15 20 years time it won't need to exist just because there'll be enough talent at the grassroots level that are being pulled up naturally through the ranks. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next decade. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about your experiences. Obviously, having this blog and community has brought you a lot of great experiences as well. What has been your favourite race you've been to so far? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, A couple of things stand out for me. So... W Series at Silverstone was very, very special. Seeing those cars go out in front of um, filled Silverstone groundstands um, and how many people were coming into the paddock and wanting to meet the drivers. Jamie Chadwick was like a full-blown celebrity with just so many young people and fans and people of all ages, actually, that were just coming up and, and, and meeting the drivers. Um, and they all welcomed it with open arms. Um, the W Series paddock really was special. There were no egos. There were no, um, you know, no bad attitudes. It really was a case that anybody was welcome. Um, and W Series gave us so much help in getting our platform off the ground and in that where we where we couldn't go into other paddocks because we just didn't have the media reach or we didn't have the numbers a couple of years ago to do mm. that. They said, no, you know what? We believe in you. We like what you do. Please come in. You can speak to whoever you want to. And, you know, we can help you in, in any way that you want. So, yeah, Silverstone with W Series was very, very special. Um, and then the 24 Hours of Spa with Pirelli in July, June, July, um, was very, very special as well. That was, that was phenomenal. It was my first 24-hour race. Um, my God, the first time I've seen Spa. What a racetrack that is. Um, and Pirelli has so many incredible women working um, just just at, just at that event. There were also, you know, there was Formula One going on that weekend, so they had another team of amazing women there. Um, and I think there were a couple of other, I think it was Rally as well, was on that weekend, uh, that week. So, yeah, it was it was great that the, the female representation that Pirelli has from marketing to engineering to R&D to, you know, every single aspect that they needed um somebody in there there, there were women in that team um and they were there on merit so yeah that week was immensely special um i was super tired um the first time i've ever driven on the other side of the road as well so that was a challenge oh Um, yeah but yeah i think that's that's one of the the most beautiful events i do describe it as beautiful because Mm. um yeah the whole atmosphere and everything and must just say a massive thank you to Marta at Pirelli. Um, a LinkedIn chance, LinkedIn message um, led to a meeting. And, and now we're, we're just about to launch our third internship with them. So um, let's run with that, actually. Yeah, go on. Pirelli internships. Tell me more about yeah. that. 
So Marta, who is the head of marketing for the Pirelli yeah. uh, Prestige and Motorsport, um, reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, hey, look, it'd be great to have a chat and see how we can um, help each other. Um, and I replied, we had a meeting. Um, and then last year, a couple of the girls went to the WEC race at uh, Monza mm-hmm. at the start of the season. It wasn't WEC. I tell a lie. Um, it was GT World Challenge. I'm very sorry. Um, and yeah, they met with Mario Isola, uh, who's the head of motorsport. Um, and they met with Marta. And we created a system which was basically like a bronze, silver, gold, platinum um, approach to it. Um, and we were like, oh, if we're lucky, maybe they'll, you know, take the bronze or something. Well, they presented um, and they did an amazing job. And then Pirelli walked away and said, yeah, we'll go for platinum. We want the internship schemes. And we're all like, oh, okay, oh wow. Um, we've done this. Um, so yeah, last year we had, well, last year, I'm already thinking we're in 24 already. I'm in 2024 um, already. <laughs> honestly, today at work has just been 2024 focus. Um, so I also thought it was Thursday, but it's not. Oh, um, it's Friday, don't worry. I'm on the weekend now. Got my Christmas party tomorrow. Anyway, we digress. Yes. Um, so yeah, two two internships this year. One in marketing. Um, um, the girls, you know, she's loving her internship so far. She's settled in really well to Milan. Um, and the photos that we're seeing of her, great. Um, and then the second one um, is R and D on single seat sides. So that's great. Um, and then the third one, which I'm guessing I'm allowed to say because I think we might have already launched it by the time this goes out. We're basically launching another another internship um, with Pirelli. And, and yeah, I think our partnership with Pirelli will continue to go from strength to strength in 2024 um, because it is a great company. Their ethos um, is great, what they stand for, their values. Um, and Marta has a fantastic team working for her and so much female power in it. Amazing. I mean, yeah, just to have that opportunity, because I think once upon a time, people would be so intimidated to see like an internship or something like that and apply for it in a very male dominated space. And to have it backed by you guys as well, that almost gives them comfort in the fact that they will be accepted into it. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's, you know, it's a big brand. It's the official tyre supplier of so many top levels of motorsport. Um, And it's if you get accepted and you are fortunate, then it's an experience like no other. Mm. And if you are a bit worried about applying, then honestly, just go for it because you never know until you try. Um, And if you're not lucky this time, then, you know, there will always be other opportunities in the future. So definitely, if if you're interested, go for it. Yeah, I think that should be the motto in motorsport. Like, if you don't know, you if you don't try, you'll never know. And because like yeah. even, even with like the podcast and stuff, I reach out to people. I'm like, there's no way in hell they're gonna reply to me. And sometimes they respond and say no, or they'll actually respond and be like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I'm exactly. to do this. yeah. You never know until you ask. And worst case scenario, people just say no, thank you, or yeah, okay, you'll probably get ignored a thousand times, yeah. which. It just becomes part and parcel, um, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, just just give it a go. Exactly that. So you're actually involved in quite a lot of series. You've mentioned WEC, GT, etc. Which one do you think is the most underrated? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> uh, I I love the sound of GT cars. Um, I think GT3 cars are phenomenal. Um, right. Because I, you know, I grew up as a Top Gear fan as well, and I used to. 
yeah see the cars that we watch race you know the that you used to hear about them and, and used to see the reviews done by the presenters so yeah I love GT racing um I love that you have a mixture of people you've got some um you know different ranking of drivers and novices through to I guess people that just do it for a hobby through to uh, professional and, and factory drivers so yeah it's a it's a great championship and it's great that you know we've had iron dames in it um and we've had lots of, of different female competitors come through through the ranks or just doing a one-off race so yeah gt racing is amazing um also i really love formula e and um, some people got into it. no i got into it a couple of years ago purely just through work so uh one of my the client that i work the most on sponsors um a team in formula e and um i thought oh i, I guess i better give this a watch then um and i did and I absolutely love it now. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, it is complete. I was saying about the noise of GT cars. Yeah, well, this is completely different. They're like spaceships, um, aren't they? Yeah, I call the them little point. dishwashers, which I probably shouldn't <laughs> call them. But just for so me. Yeah. The rumble of a GT um, car or the, the whir of a dishwasher. What would you rather? Um, um, no, but the, the technology behind it is great. Um, I went to the London E-Prix. It was my first event. Uh, this year. It was amazing, yeah, right? Yeah, it was so good. The fan so experience cool. was unreal. Completely different to what you get in F1. Just so much more accessible. Yeah. It's cheaper. It's... I know. I was yeah. shocked when tickets were under £100. I was like, hello. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's, it's, it's great. Good racing. Um, and, and yeah, I think super excited about next year where we'll be working with formula e we will be out yeah. to mexico Amazing. um yeah never been to mexico so this will be great we sat um no i probably need to buy some sun cream otherwise <laughs> i will burn to a crisp um but formula e are doing such great work with girls on track yeah. um they've got programs at every single race location next year um, for season 10 and a whole host of other exciting things which will be revealed in due course um but really look forward to working with them um and and seeing you know what we can achieve together i love that love that so of course you are now a woman in motorsport yourself um yes <laughs> <laughs> i mean people are writing articles about you how does that feel weird um in the, in the nicest possible way, I still, people are like, can I have a photo of you? And I'm like, no, not got any. Um, no, uh, yeah, I, I am immensely fortunate to have a job that I absolutely adore yeah. um, away from females in motorsport. Um, the company that I work at is a sports um, marketing um, agency based in London. And we have clients all over the world. Um, and we have a really great group of, of motorsport clients. Um, with my particular job, um, I'm sure I'm allowed to say I work in Castrol and they, you know, they sponsor in Formula One, MotoGP, Formula E, um, World Rally Championship. Um, so, you know, they, they have so many amazing assets and it, it has taken me all over the world. I've been to Thailand, been to the USA, been to Lapland, like I've been in minus 27 degrees this year, um, with Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly driving on ice. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's. I love coming to work and, and plan planning the activities that we do and making sponsorship in motorsport exciting and just trying to take it to the next level. Um, but yeah, seeing there was um, a lovely group of people who did a post about me the other day um, and it took me completely by surprise because 
A, I don't know where they got the photo from. Um, <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it. And they're like, oh my God, this is, this is about Helena. You know, she's, she's such an inspiration. And I was thinking, oh my God. Um, I, I don't know. I find, I find taking compliments really difficult. Um, and I am very, very hard on myself. And I am a perfectionist yeah. as well. All good traits. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is very flattering. And I would always say yes to helping people out with college or university research, whatever they need, because um, I know that when I was their age, I was the one reaching out to people being like, oh, please, can you help me with my dissertation? Um, or, you know, can I have some advice? So definitely um, pay it back to, to people wherever you can. Love that. What would you say is something people would expect to know about working in motorsport? Um, I just think it, it's so, be prepared to do anything. So even in my role as a content manager, you, you can be doing literally anything and, and anything. You can be going on shoots at the drop of a hat. You can be walking around Tesco looking for a dog bowl because <laughs> one of the, you know, for whatever reason um but yeah you know there's just so many different things um and it's it's also there's so many different markets involved in it as well um even it might be a global company but they have so many different strands of of people from asia to to africa to south americas and it's so exciting like speaking with all these different Mm. um nations and they all have different goals um but and and also i don't think it's a long it is well known motorsport is 24 7 it, it doesn't stop yeah um i think motorsport has created a culture where it's almost the harder you work the sorry the longer hours you work almost the better it is yeah we, we don't switch off um which has obviously has its, its pitfalls um people do suffer from burnout and i think people either come into this sport and it is for life or they will come into this sport and quickly realize that it isn't for them. Yeah. I've seen it happen both ways with, with people that have come in and out or people that have been here for decades. Um, it, motorsport is a way of life. It is, you have to make sacrifices and, and but yeah, you do it because you love it and the, the highs outweigh the lows. Yeah. So how do you balance that the best? How do you balance it the best you can? It's, it's tricky. Um, I went through quite a bad experience a couple of months ago. I thought, you know, I was in a position where I was going to love everything and I was going to grow and I was going to take the next step in my career. Um, unfortunately, it didn't quite work out for, for a number of reasons. And I was in a situation where it was just completely unhealthy for me. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I, my diet had like gone out the window. I was, um, I guess, emotional eating. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I, I don't want to feel like that again, basically. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, you just you just got to keep your head down and keep coming back, remembering why why are you doing it, why are you here, um, and, and yeah, you you do get through it, and you never know what's around the corner. And um, being back at my company where I am now, so I was here um, two years ago, um, and you know I'm very fortunate that they've had me back and loving life. Sometimes you need to just go back to your <laughs> You do. Trust in the process. When you work somewhere yes. really special, I think it's always, it's really easy to think that the grass will be greener on the other side or just, just chase, you know, 
I guess I yeah, just chasing things that you think will make you happier, but at the end of the day, they might not. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think is one of the most important lessons you've learned this year? Ooh, this year, I think it's just to be kind and the kindness goes a long way. Not necessarily in, in, in terms of myself, but just that if, if yeah, whatever you can do, if you just take a, a second and just kind of think about what that other person might be going through or what other workloads your colleagues have got, how can you help them? Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's just really important to be kind. We're all going through different stuff. Um, and, and yeah, and the other thing that I've learned is that I fall in love with motorsport even more than I didn't know was possible. Um, and also just discovered loads of other series. Um, it's not just all about F1. I know we spoke quite a lot about F1 during this during this uh, podcast, but yeah, so many cool championships. Are. This is the thing. It's like a full-time job trying to keep up with it all. <laughs> I know, right? And we're so lucky to have so many women competing around the world in all these different championships, half of which I've never heard of before, yeah. but now have um and yeah it's amazing who knew there were so many different disciplines of motorsport who friggin knew it (laughs) (laughs) we're in the off season now well off season about two weeks and then everybody jumps back into like a rally and god knows what's coming up what can those wanting to be more involved in motorsport do to jumpstart their career during this period yeah, I think now is a perfect time. I mean, people will be going away on holiday, so replies might be a little bit slow as teams yeah. go into shutdown and whatnot. Um, but kind of have a bit of a game plan. Don't be afraid to write your bucket list um, or your goals list for 2024. If you want to go to a race as accredited media, definitely write that down. Um, reach out to your local circuits if you if you are within reaching distance. And also don't forget that it's, it's not just all about the teams and, and the top championships. There are so many different people and products and services involved in motorsport. Um, I didn't know that I had like a brake disc supplier just around the corner um, in my town where I live that supply like loads of different teams. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know we had that. Um, you know, like there is no set A to B the way you get into motorsport. You might, you know, wiggle a bit and go around the houses, um, but any experience is super valuable. Um firm believer in networking as well and if you can spend a little bit of time maybe identifying those who are in the role that you want to work in um, and just reach out to them Um, again what we've discussed they'll probably say yes they're happy for a chat or if they don't um, then you know don't take it personally because people are busy and they might just be taking a bit of a break from socials as well so yeah there is so much that you can be doing in the off season um, and I think just importantly don't expect it to happen overnight um, some people will get lucky and they might land their dream opportunity or dream internship um, on the first go around. But as we spoke about rejection and not hearing back is a completely normal path in any industry and in particular motorsport where unfortunately it's just so desirable. So if you don't hear back, then it doesn't mean that you're terrible or you're a bad person yeah. or that it's not going to happen. Um, it can be for so many reasons and yeah. Perfect. And for those wanting to get involved in females in motorsport, I mean, you say you had, what was it, 13,000 applicants the other last time? Not quite yet. 1,300. 1,300. Maybe we'll get 13,000 in the future. Don't, don't scare me. 13 was in there somewhere. <laughs> I was roughly around that thing. What does somebody have to do to stand out to you guys? Uh, that's a super good question. I think that I being being a trained journalist, I will always look for a couple of things. It will be 
accuracy. Mm -hmm. So get our name right. If we're written females in motorsport in a particular way, replicate it. Um, just go for the wording as well. If some, some people say, I would love, I'm applying for this full-time job and you're like, no, no, no. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a volunteer role. So I think just reading what we write, trying to replicate it. Things like on the um, the last uh, wave of applications, we specifically said, please go onto the website and fill out the volunteer with us form. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you know, we just have people like emailing us directly, and it just it's not wrong, but it just just follow the instructions that you're told. Um, and we, we, you know, if we don't reply within 24 hours, it's not because you're not successful. It's just because we've, we're volunteers. We've got a really yeah, big yeah. applications. So just, yeah, patience is a really good one. Accuracy, attention to detail. But then on the flip side of that, just looking for that creative flair. Um, you know, we're always trying to evolve our, our brand and our, you know, our colorways and like our logo in different places. So if instead of just submitting on like a, a Word document um, with just like a big chunk of text or even still like in the body of an email, just yeah. a big load of text, if you can take, you know, an extra 10 minutes and put it into, I don't know, a Canva document, there are loads of pretty templates on there. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be the most creative person, but just to show that you can think in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I say all this, but, you know, we're just looking for people that are passionate as well. Yeah. Um, that's everything, everything underlines that, is that we want people who are passionate about women in motorsport and, and helping. Um, it's, it's, not an easy task you know there's a lot of research as well and there is writing um but the rewards are great you become part of a fantastic community um and you know you have a chance to to grow and hopefully you know people that have, have been with us have gone on to f1 teams um to formula e to loads of different places in motorsport um so hopefully we can provide a bit of a stepping stone as well to to take the next step in your in your career Amazing. So speaking of next steps, what does the future hold for females in motorsport? Oh, good question. So 2024, um, launch of a lot more merchandise um, and trying to elevate our brand that way. Hopefully lots of new partnerships that we're currently working on at the moment. Um, presence at more F1 Academy races. Um, our partnership with Formula E as well and Girls on Track. Um, hopefully just a lot more consistency and the, the, the frequency of our articles that are going out, um, a higher level of editorial content, um, and just being on the ground at more, more events, more, more venues and different championships, um, and just really spreading that message. Hopefully we'll be at 300,000 as well, but, you know. <laughs> Big goal, I love it though. I know, I know it. Well, I mean, this, yeah. Just put it out into the universe. <laughs> Manifest. Yeah, just told the universe. Um, you know, if we can get to 300 in like the next 12 months, that'd be great. That's me. I'm like, um, 1K by Christmas, please. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know what? Yes, you're going to be there, okay? We'll, we'll do a couple of stories, Jess. Um, But no, we've also got a new website coming soon. Uh, in the early part of the year. So yeah, new look, new feel. Uh, but, you know, it's still with our, our purple and our, our lime green um and so still recognizable as us but yeah big plans for next year um just need to find the time to fit it all in perfect love that so final question i have a spotify playlist called the garage radio and basically any guests that i get on i get them to give me a song for them 
what would you say what song would you say summarizes females in motorsport oh you put me on the spot now um, <laughs> i didn't ask you this on purpose <laughs> no you didn't you know there are i think i probably some, okay i'm gonna go something by little mix probably okay. power let's go power by little yeah okay you know, we Perfect. are of strong independent women um that have the best time together and who who work tirelessly to you know try and make a difference um yeah we'll go with that Perfect. and i love little mix as well so <laughs> oh, girl power <laughs> girl power well what a beautiful way to summarize this episode thank you so much for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure um yeah see you all soon